Hey guys, welcome to the first official episode of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. And I'm Jeff Leifert. If you listen to the trailer, then you know this is not your everyday hockey podcast. Just recaps, scores, and events. Our primary focus is not the NHL. It's actually the prospects. Yeah, today we're just going to talk to you about the first 15 picks in the NHL draft. Uh, just go over some of their stats, uh, where they're playing right now, and what, how we believe they're going to impact their NHL's team. Uh, this year and the coming years. Yeah, well, so start at the top of the draft, obviously, and that's the New Jersey Devils with the first pick, and they took Jack Hughes from the United States Developmental Program. Uh, Hughes was thought by a lot of people to be the first overall pick, but I definitely wouldn't say it was consensus like it's been in the past. Uh, most experts had him going one, but I did hear a little bit of Capo Caco talk. Now, Jeff, I know you're somebody that actually made a arguing for Caco going one as opposed to Hughes. So do you kind of want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Kako is just like, he's so much more NHL ready right now. Just his size, his body. You can just see this looking at him. Uh, Jack Hughes kind of looks like a little boy. He looks like he's 16 years old. And uh, Cabo Kako has also proven himself playing against against men and uh, putting up crazy numbers that you don't see often at all. Uh, and Jack Hughes, you know, he put up wild numbers in the USHL. But his team was stacked. The United States development team was unbelievable that year. I think, I think over fifteen players went in the NHL draft. Seventeen players. Seventeen players. Seventeen went this year. Yes, yeah, exactly. Seventeen players went in the NHL draft uh, that year, uh, last year. So um, the people around him were just crazy good as well, and uh, I think that really helped them out. But we'll see uh, this year how everything goes for both of them. Said so I agree, Kako is definitely more NHL ready right now. But my my whole theory, and I think a lot of people's theories, is that uh, the Devils aren't trying to win a cup right now. I think Jack Hughes down the long run has potential to be like a Patrick Kane type player, but he's a center, so he makes him even more versatile. Uh, just the hands, the vision, and another smaller, undersized guy, the elite skating ability. I, I see a, a lot of resemblance in his game to Kane's. Um, but uh, I think we'll get bigger as that comes with age. The size will come, you know, put on some more weight. But uh, I love the pick by the Devils. Uh, he's, he's centering their top line right now with Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri, so you really couldn't ask for better line mates. Uh, going back to what you said about Jack Hughes and the uh, developmental program, he broke Clayton Keller's record uh, or most points in the program history of 189. He ended up finishing his career with 228 points in only 110 games. And just to throw some names out there of players that were, went through the program, Patrick Kane, Phil Kessel, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, and many others. So that just shows really the, the kind of company Hughes is in and really what you can expect for him uh, moving down the line. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, crazy watching him over his career. I mean, we saw like we saw guys like Matthews and McDavid come in a couple of years ago. Jack Eichel, uh, I haven't seen that so far from Jack Hughes, but the season is young. Um, definitely, things could change for him. His team is uh, his team's pretty stacked offensively. It hasn't been a great start for them either, and uh, I mean, hopefully, it turns around for them. Yeah, I agree. I want to quickly go into, like you said, the Devils' start. The Devils were off to a slow start, and so was Jack Hughes. He was held pointless through his six, uh, first six career games and ended up with a minus four rating. Not great. Uh, his last two games, however, he registered a point in each of them. His first goal coming against the Vancouver Canucks against his brother, who was selected seventh overall by Vancouver in the 2018 draft, Quinn Hughes. Both rookies this year. Quinn obviously made his debut playing a few games at the end of the year last year. But, uh, I mean, that family, American hockey is looking good for sure with those two. And also the uh, Devils were able to win both those games. So maybe uh, things are starting to turn a little bit for New Jersey in favor of Jack Hughes and for the team. Yeah, definitely. Something uh, 
I don't know what was in the water they were drinking when they were younger at the Hughes house, but you know, Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, and even his little brother, uh, he's going to be an NHL prospect some, in, in a couple of years as well. So we'll look out for them. All right. So like we said, with Jack Hughes going one, that pretty much automatically meant Kako was going second overall to the Rangers. That was the least surprising pick of the entire draft for everyone. Uh, we already spoke about how he's the most NHL-ready player in this draft class. At only 18 years old, Kako is six foot three and 199 pounds. He's an absolute tank. Typical modern-day power forward with a very well-rounded game, great vision, shot, uh, just just knows the game very well. Uh, he impressed all season in the Finnish Elite League and proved he can play against men, which a lot of players that age haven't done yet. He broke Alexander Barkov's record for most goals by an underage player in the Finnish Elite League history with 22, and Kako scored those 22 goals in 45 games. Barkov's record of 21 was in 53 games, so that just really shows how mature and ready this kid is to play in the NHL right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this kid, uh, he's probably going to be a top 6-4 for the New York Rangers all season, uh, bearing any injuries. Uh, what really impressed me about him was in the World Championships last year, uh, just playing against NHL players, playing against grown men, uh, just the way he could dominate the ice when he wanted to and the goals he did score in that tournament, I just thought were uh, amazing for an 18-year-old. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does this year. Uh well, it hasn't been a like hot star for him either. He's like Jack Hughes. I believe he has two points this year, uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Kako's NHL career is off to a weird start right now, but that's all of New York. One other thing I'd like to say about Capo Kako is he's the first player ever to win a U18, a World Junior, and a World Championship gold medal all before their draft day. No player in the history of hockey has ever done that. So a proven winner is something you can add to that list, too. The kid, the kid knows how to win. He knows how to be a part of winning teams, great teammate. All those things kind of lean into that. Um, he put up six goals and one assist for seven points in those 10 games of the World Junior Championship. Before even playing an NHL game, he pretty much dominated that tournament, almost a point-per-game rate. Scored some incredible goals, uh, just showed some great talent. Uh, Kako's kind of in a weird spot in New York right now, though. The Rangers are on a five-game losing streak. It seems like Coach Quinn there has tried every possible line combination except for moving Kako up to the top line. That's uh, really the only thing he hasn't done between that and put Leas Anderson, who was the 2017 seventh overall pick, give him some real minutes too. He's playing the best hockey of his career, and he's been slumped on the fourth line. Well, you see guys with Ryan Strome looking totally lost, getting that second line role. I'm really not sure what they're doing in New York. They're, uh, they're loaded on prospects right now. I'm not going to go too much into that. They were ranked NHL's uh, number one prospect pool by NHL.com. They have guys like Philip Heedle, who played in 75 games for the Rangers last year, had 23 points. He went on a five-game goal-scoring streak. Uh, he's stuck in the AHL right now. Vitaly Kravtsov, who came over from Russia, breaking Vinny Kuznetsov record for most points in a KHL playoff by an underager. They're both down in Hartford right now. You have guys like Brendan Smith and Michael Haley filling the lineup every day for the Rangers. So I really don't know what's going on there. Obviously, we'll talk more about that when we go into our specific Rangers uh, breakdown in a later episode. But uh, very confusing things for Kako, and I think he needs more ice time to be able to succeed to the level that he's capable of. And yes, you are a Rangers fan, if nobody could tell. Um, but yeah, one last thing on Capo Caco. Uh, if I could honestly compare him to anyone in the NHL right now who's also very successful, it'd probably be Miko Rantanen. Uh, just like his size and his strength like around the net, uh, I think you're going to see some similarities between the two as uh, these the next years come come together. 
Yeah, I like the Rantanen comparison a lot. I'd say, for me, I'd either say Rantanen or Jonathan Huberto would be my two guys in uh, over in Florida. But uh, I said, either of those guys, I think they're comparable to each other too, so either one of those makes sense. Uh, next, we'll move on to the third overall pick, and that was Chicago Blackhawks. I think it was a little bit of a shock they didn't take Bowen Byram, who ended up going forward to Colorado. But regardless, Kirby Dock is 6'4", 198. Uh, big center, plays a very well-rounded game, incredibly soft hands, and just a great playmaker. I think uh, I think it was still a great pick, and this kid has potential to be good for a long time in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Blackhawks, they've had some success over the years uh, with their draft. Obviously, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, players like them, they've won a couple cups. Uh, yeah, they're probably, they're hoping to think this guy can just step in and play uh, just as well. Um, we'll probably see a lot from him. He did score a lot. He had 23 power play goals, 23 power play assists last year, which is pretty crazy if you want to think about that. Um, yeah, he's a very uh, good player. He's going to be a strong, strong over the ice, and uh, they're hoping to see a lot of success from him. Yeah, he actually ended up not making the team directly out of camp. He went pointless through his first three games in the American League. But uh, regardless, got the call up and scored a goal in the first period, first five minutes of his second NHL game, and just looked solid the whole game. He's centering Patrick Kane and Dylan Strome, so those are also good linemates to start your career with. Uh, wish nothing for the best for Kirby Doc in the Blackhawks organization. Uh, I like the pick, and I like, I like the small rebuild they're going on. I wouldn't call that a full rebuild in Chicago. Yeah, definitely. The NHL is definitely a, a better league with the Blackhawks in and around the playoffs. Uh, just one of those original six teams they uh, used to see in uh, putting putting together a pretty good team. Um, yeah, obviously his first goal, that's very huge for him. I think I saw a celebration. He looked fired up. So uh, hopefully uh, there's more to come from him, and the Blackhawks uh, pick the winner here. Okay, moving on to the Colorado Avalanche with the fourth pick. We just discussed how they ended up taking defenseman Bowen Byram from the Vancouver Giants. But before we really get into that pick, the 2017 fourth overall pick, Kale McCarr, made his NHL debut in the playoffs last year and just seemed to slide in like it was no big deal, like another college game for the kid almost. He was unbelievable. He looked like it looked like he was been in the NHL for three, four years already, just stepping in for his first game. That kid's a generational talent. Uh, I'll go as far to say I'll put him up there with producing similar to, but maybe not as high as Eric Carlson numbers, but I think he'll be even better defensively than Carlson. So I think the ceiling for that kid's unbelievable. He's by far the Avs' best prospect and one of the best prospects in the NHL. Yeah, definitely. He jumped right into the playoffs last year, didn't skip a beat. Uh, Kind of reminded me of a a few years ago, well, I think more than a few years ago now, when Tory Krug stepped in his first NHL games, also in the NHL playoffs, scored a couple goals in that series against the New York Rangers. I uh, just totally uh, helped the Bruins win that series. Um, yeah, dude, uh, his offensive capability is unbelievable. I remember watching uh, him, 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 McKinnon, and Ronton on a three-on-three in OT the other day. It was just crazy watching them. Uh, it's gonna be a bright future for the Colorado Avalanche, and they are off to a very hot start, which I do not see them cooling down anytime soon. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the Avalanche are gonna be a very good team this entire year, but I want to focus maybe two, three down the road, two, three years down the road, how good the Avalanche are with all these young guys coming up. Uh, really quick though, before we move on from uh, Bowen Byram, I just want to say that this kid is every has everything it takes to be a number one D man in the NHL. Uh, his NHL comparison was Duncan Keith, which is not by any means like 
saying anything bad. I guess Duncan Keith's fallen off a little with age, but if you remember the 2012-2015 Duncan Keith, he was undoubtedly, in my mind, the best defenseman in the NHL those years. Unbelievable skater, great first pass. Uh, the Avalanche are a fast team. They're going to be really scary. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Bowen Byram coming in, led the WHL in defenseman and goals, also game-winning goals. And the, uh, he was third in points. Third with 71 points last year, so their defense is uh, bulking up, especially losing Tyson Berry last year. It was a tough hit, so they're hoping that in the next couple of years with Makar and uh, Byram, they're looking great. Yeah, losing Tyson Berry was interesting. I don't think they were going to want to ink him to that long contract, especially with they just extended Samuel Gerrard, too, who a lot of people forget about. They signed him seven years, 35 mil, and he's another great young player. Very undersized, but that's the way the NHL is shifting these days. You really don't need to be that big to play defense anymore. Uh, I think Bowen Byron, though, will most likely play the entire year in WHL again. Uh, I don't think that should be taken as a bad thing in any way. Transitioning into the NHL is even harder for a defenseman, so that's not a bad thing. The kid will be a stud for a long time to come. He just needs to develop a little more. I love the pick. I love where the abs are headed. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts My thoughts exactly. Um, they're definitely going to be a contender for the next five, six years at least, especially with their roster and the, the contract McKinnon's on there. It's like their young guys are unbelievable. They're one of the fastest teams in the NHL, and they're about to get even faster when he comes along. After that, you have the LA Kings who picked fifth, and they went with Alex Turcott, another kid from the US NTDP. Uh, he's a great playmaking center with balance, elite vision, playmaking ability, a strong 200-foot game. He can play the power play and the penalty kill. He is playing this season at University of Wisconsin alongside his teammate from NTDP and fellow first-round pick Cole Caulfield, who we'll talk about a bit later. Uh, I like the pick by the Kings. I think that Anze Kopitar is in the back nine of his career would be the good way to say it. I don't think his career is by any chance over. But you get a kid that can come in and play a 200-foot game and learn from Kopitar. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. It's a great pick. Yeah, it's crazy to think. like This guy went fifth overall. Uh, he's... 5'11", uh, 1'86", which is like not ready for the NHL yet. Why is he in college? To think he was 6 in scoring for his team last year with 62 points in 37 games is crazy. Uh, people that put up those numbers uh, usually have pretty great careers in the NHL. So um, LA, Kings, LA Kings fans should be definitely excited for him, especially with the LA, LA being an, one of the older teams in the NHL that's uh, definitely had a few down years. Yeah, we remember their dominance from, I'd say, 2012 to 2014, really. They won those two cups in three years. So that was, it kind of felt like for a while the Kings were going to, like, the Kings were one of the best teams in hockey. But with anything, you know, every era has to end. It happened to the Blackhawks, as you mentioned earlier. But uh, I think this is a great pick to get the franchise back on board. And uh, hopefully the Kings will, and Kings fans will see their team back in the playoffs somewhat soon. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say the Kings, uh, they need to get younger and more skilled. Like, and uh, with Turkic coming in, um, will hopefully help them out definitely because without without Kopitar and Carter in the near future, um, he's going to need to jump in there real quick for him. Now, coming up right now at number six are the Detroit Red Wings, and they end up taking Moritz Cedar, which I think is the first team to really mess up a pick so far. Uh, not that Moritz Cedar is not going to be good. First off, most 
NHL mock drafts had him projected in the mid 20s. In my pre, uh, my own mock draft, I had him going 15 to the Montreal Canadiens, which was still high. Uh, the Red Wings reached all the way up to six to grab him. That just shows you how bad they wanted this kid. A lot of people don't identify. You know, it's a German kid. Like hockey's not really that big in Germany. They don't produce too many NHL stars. Obviously, right now you have Leon Draisaitl that's kind of leading the German charge. But other than that, there's no really big, big name German hockey players. Uh, I think Moritz Cedar. He's six four, two oh seven. Size is definitely not an issue for him. He played against men in the German professional league last year, so he's proved he can do that. Uh, the only reason I'm saying that I think he really messed up and pretty much the reason I'm saying that every team until Montreal at 15 messed up is that they all passed on Cole Caulfield, who we will talk about later. Uh, I also would like to say, though, I'm never going to doubt Steve Eiserman, so I definitely need to give it time, let this kid develop before I think a lot of people are saying they don't understand the pick. Give it time, let the kid develop. He, he could turn into a stud, no doubt. Yeah, a lot of people are definitely shocked about this pick. Uh, I was a little bit too, I mean... Just being a guy from Germany, uh, playing in Germany's uh, top pro league, uh, he only had six points and uh, two goals, four assists in 29 games uh, with a plus two rating. Uh, he also won the league rookie of the year, which I thought was pretty crazy with only six points. But uh, I don't really know how the German league works over there. But uh, yeah, just uh, being a guy for the being hopefully that guy for Detroit that they need because they've been below average the last couple of years. Uh, they really need to get back in the playoffs. Another original six team that it's the NHL is always a better league when they're in it. So hopefully, uh, probably not this year, but a couple of years, like he'll be a big guy for them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, as far as the rookie of the year thing goes, unless there's some rookie putting up insane point numbers, uh, I wouldn't get too lost in the fact he only had six points as an 18 year old defenseman playing against men. I think that was more just showed to his maturity level and his ability just to play big minutes at that league. You know, uh, it, in terms of being most valuable, it doesn't always mean points. So that's kind of my thought process there. Obviously, I didn't watch German pro league hockey last year, but uh, from from the clips I've seen of him and from what I've read, the kid uh, the kid's got what it takes to to succeed in the NHL. Is what I'll leave it. Yeah, at. definitely, and he had a great. Uh a great world championships last year too. So that's probably what Detroit saw him. They're like, okay, that's our guy. So hopefully they made the right pick and uh, we'll see if it works out for them. And if it doesn't, it's just another, uh, another bad pick by Detroit. Okay. moving on to number seven, the Buffalo Sabres. And they ended up selecting Dylan Cousins, a center that can also play the wing though. So versatile guy. He was the WHL rookie of the year last year. So the skill level is obviously there. I saw him as high as three in some mock drafts earlier this year. Uh, I wouldn't say fall into seven, you know, because anything in the top 10, really, you're pretty much solidified yourself as a legitimate prospect for NHL who has potential to be an elite player. But uh, at 6'3", 181, he's a big body. He's got some room to pack on some more muscle for sure with that with that size. But uh, he's very good at using his reach to his advantage. He's good in all three zones. He's a great skater. Uh, I think it was a good pick by Buffalo. Uh, I'm not saying that there weren't other guys such as Cole Caulfield with pretty much every team down the list that I think could have taken him. But regardless, uh, great young player with a lot of potential. Yeah, definitely. He's got a pretty good story too, like where he's from, uh, Whitehorse. UConn uh, in Canada as only the third player uh, from there to make the NHL. So we'll see how he works out. Um, he definitely, I, I mean, 84 points last year in 68 games, nothing to uh, blink an eye at. Um, was an impact player in the world in the U18 championship as well. 
So uh, in Buffalo, you know, they're having some luck with their young guys right now. They're also looking very good with guys like Jack Eichel and Casey Middlestat. Um, so hopefully uh, everything works out for them. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to number eight, and this is the Edmonton Oilers. Now, they're the team that I really, of any other team, think Cole Caulfield should have gone to. Does it not? There could not have been one more perfect player to put on Connor McDavid's line than just the ultimate goal scorer of the draft, and that's Cole Caulfield. This kid just scores goals at will, and I just... I guess it's got to be the size, which is why so many teams passed. But, man, he would have been a great fit there. They ended up taking Philip Broberg. Uh, I think he, in my opinion, was the second-best defenseman coming into the draft behind Byram. Uh, very smooth skating, two-way with explosive speed and a great first pass. Uh, one of the least talked about things with defensemen is that first pass out of the zone. You know, your team's only as good offensively as how smooth you can break out. And if you're breaking out clean with a good first pass, it gives your forwards chance to move up the ice with speed and attack with, uh, with a lot moving for you. Uh, if I had to compare him to some NHL player right now, I'd go Matthias Ekholm in Nashville, who's turned into a legit top-pair defenseman, maybe a little bit under the radar still. Ekholm, I don't think a lot of people know how good he truly is, but uh, I think he has potential to be just as good as Ekholm as well. Uh, he could be a great complement to Evan Bouchard two, three down the years on the, two, three years down the road as the uh, top pairing at Edmonton. Yeah, exactly my thoughts as well. Um, you know, Edmonton just needs to do a better job at keeping the puck out of their net. They score enough goals. They just let up a lot of goals. And I think Broberg uh, will help them with that. He's uh, very uh, good in his own zone with the puck. Uh, he can skate. Um, his style his style in the offensive zone also fits the modern game very well. Um, so I think Edmonton, I think Edmonton obviously could have used that goal score of McDavid. But I think anyone's going to score goals on McDavid's line. So it doesn't, I mean, Pat Maroon was a 30 goal scorer on their line. And Pat Maroon is not that great of a player, for being honest. But um, yeah, like, I'd be excited if I was an Edmonton fan to have him in the next two, next two three years. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. People kind of forget about uh, that Maroon season, put up 30 goals, goes to St. Louis, obviously wins a cup, but he only scored seven goals last year. It just kind of shows the, uh, when you're playing top line minutes with a guy like McDavid, it just shows how, uh, how easy it is to put the puck in the net. Uh, moving on next is the Anaheim Ducks, and they took Trevor Zegris, also from that U.S. NTDP. Uh, I think he was a little bit overshadowed by Hughes a little bit. Uh, he's a great playmaker, uh, has a bit of an edge to his game, too. He loves to get under the opponent's skin. I think because all the attention Jack Hughes got, that kind of people forget about Zegris. But uh, that kid's an unbelievable hockey player. He actually grew up. I uh, went to Fox Lane High School in Westchester, New York, probably 25 minutes from my house. Uh, never got to watch him play, obviously, because I was away at school. But uh, I heard great things about him. I heard he's a class act kid. Uh, he'll have a chance to learn from Hall of Famer Ryan Getzlaff, which will do wonders for his maturity. I think the fit in Anaheim could not be better for Trevor Zegers. Uh Yeah, I mean, just looking at his stats one more time, like 87 points in 60 games, and he was third on his team. Just shows you how stacked that USA team was. Um yeah, I think he's going to be a great fit for the Ducks, actually. Uh, he's, he's a center. The Anaheim Ducks, they need centers. Getzlaff's getting older. Uh, not really sure what's up with Brian Kessler. Uh, so with him coming in as a center, uh, it's definitely going to give them a lot to think about. And they also have a very good prospect group uh, with players like Troy Terry, Troy Terry Sam Steele, and uh, Max Comtos, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure. but uh, Yeah, 
Maxime Comtois, yeah, that kid's supposed to be very good too. Don't forget about Max Jones either, Jacob Larson. They, they have some very good young talent in Anaheim. So uh, I think that'll be a team that's fun to watch two, two three down the years. John Gibson's still very young. So uh, the future could be a lot brighter than people think for Anaheim. Yeah, it's rough right now. They're off for a pretty good start actually this year, but uh, it's sure to get better in the next few years. Location of the draft. Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. The Vancouver Canucks selected Vasily Podkolzin, who was probably, I'd say, one of the more, uh, one of the least surprising players throughout the season, or least impressive player throughout the season. He started last year's mock drafts when it first came out as the consensus number three behind Hughes and Kako, but just seen him move his way down the leaderboard for a lot of the year and then shoot back up a little bit at the end. I saw him as low as maybe 15 in some mock drafts, but uh, he ended up going 10. Uh, very high-skilled, very high-skilled. You know, Russian-skilled players always just seem to have that drive behind them, those Kuznetsovs, Malkins, Ovechkins, guys like that. Just They seem to find a way to just put up points. So uh, the potential is there for that kid. He was by far the best player at the Holinki Gretzky Cup last summer. Uh, it was an unbelievable tournament for him. He absolutely dominated the ice. He looked better than Hughes, for sure, uh, in that specific tournament. Uh, he looked very solid as an underage player in the World Junior, which can be hard to do. Uh, you know, he played decent minutes, played a little bit of power play, power play time, penalty kill. Uh, I, I think the kid still has a very, very bright future. I just think he's to mature his game, uh, all three zones, and just, just focus on really just bearing down and and transitioning into North American game because everything's so much harder moving over to that smaller ice for uh, for European players. Yeah, I mean the Canucks, they really took a chance on this guy because he is uh, under contract in the KHL for next two seasons. Um, so they have to wait at least two years for him to come over and there's a chance like he still could maybe not come over. Um, but honestly, yeah, one of the probably most, one of the most skilled players in the draft. Definitely. Uh, he plays a very strong 200 foot game. I've also heard that he has quite the temper, so we'll see what happens. Uh, usually I've definitely uh, heard of some Canucks in the past that have a temper temper as well. So he might fit in perfectly there, but we'll see what happens. Moving on was the Arizona Coyotes with the 11th pick, and they took Victor Soderstrom. Uh, Victor Soderstrom was the only under-18 player to play a regular role in the Swedish Elite League this season, which speaks a lot to his maturity. Uh, He's one of those complete package defensemen. There's not one part of his game that's like incredibly better than anything else or that much out of the ordinary. Just all solid, all around. Very smooth skater, all three zones. Uh, it was just a just a great pick for them. Uh, Swedish defensemen in general just seem to be very mature. They do a great job of breeding defensemen out in Sweden. So uh, I, I like the pick. Uh, I think Arizona needs to strengthen their back end a little bit. The offense is coming, so uh, I think it fits perfectly there. Yeah, well said. I believe this uh, this pick was also traded by the Philadelphia Flyers uh, to the Arizona Coyotes. So hopefully uh, the Arizona Coyotes can uh, it works out for them. But yeah, I mean, he's a great defenseman, ton of skill. Uh, he won't need much time before he's. I think he's ready for the NHL because uh, he's he is playing in a great league. Um, yeah, something that Coyotes really need is a defenseman. I mean, they have a couple guys over there right now, like OEL. Um, they just, he just need help out there. Um, the Coyotes do seem to let up a lot of goals every year, uh, but they're also very young and very skilled. So uh, he's definitely a confident player uh, with the puck. So hopefully uh, he helps them out. Yeah, agreed for sure. 
Uh, moving on to the twelfth pick was the Minnesota Wild, and they selected Matthew Boldy, a six foot tall winger, one hundred ninety two pounds, that also played for the U.S. NTDP. Uh, the, the amount of NHL talent that this uh, this team produced this year is unbelievable. It completely blows away anything I've ever seen before. But uh, as far as Boldy goals, he's got a very good shot, hard and accurate, and he just loves to shoot the puck. He's one of those guys that you get the puck on his stick, and uh, and he loves to shoot it. So that's that's going to be big for, for the Wild, getting his career going. He's currently playing at Boston College right now, which uh, they've done a great job there with Coach Jerry York and developing players. So uh, I think it's a perfect spot for him. Minnesota is definitely going through a rebuild right now. I don't see them being very good in the next couple of years, but uh, Matthew Boldy is a great first step in starting the rebuild. Yeah, Minnesota, another one of those teams that's just been below average the last uh, last couple of seasons that I can remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, BC, playing at Boston College, I'm definitely going to go try to watch him play. I'm living like 15 minutes down the road, so be fun to watch him. They have a couple of studs on that team. That can be playing in the NHL in a couple of years, but yeah, he's a he's a power forward. I mean, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about his hands. Uh, can go to the tight areas, not afraid of the dirty areas as well. Um, he'll probably, hopefully, he uh, helps Minnesota out. Um, we could uh, we could see a lot from him. I hopefully he's not a bust, but we'll see. It's uh, tough to make in the NHL, and he's just one of those guys that I don't have the best feeling about, even though. He is uh, fifth all-time the USA National Development Program in assists with 95 assists in 126 games, which is just an, a crazy stat. Again, another star from that uh, star from that program. But um, yeah, hope for the best for, best for him. Hopefully, it's a good season at BC. Gets ready to play uh, in the NHL in a few years. Uh, moving on to the number 13 pick, which was also a big surprise for me, the Florida Panthers selected Spencer Knight. Uh, as many of you know, they traded for Sergei Bobrovsky this offseason, and he's under contract through 2026. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with this goalie situation. I definitely think Spencer Knight has the ability to be an elite number one goalie in the NHL. He's been very good throughout his career in the U.S. NTDP. But you never really know taking a goalie in the first round. I guess you can say it's technically frowned upon. You don't see it very often. But you know, if they go out there and do it, that means they're really willing to uh, – to trust this kid and believe what he has to offer. Uh, I just don't know if you're going to bring him up and kind of, as Bobrovsky gets older, maybe phase this kid in, and then in 2026 he'll fully take over. But that's a decent while into Spencer Knight's career. He might want something more than that to move on and be a starter somewhere else. So it's a very, very interesting situation. I don't entirely understand it, but there's a reason I'm not a GM. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I like Spencer Knight a lot, though. I think think he's a lot of talent. Very few goalies come in the league and be – be young, be young uh, stars in their career for uh, their NHL team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard on draft night that uh, I forget who it was. Someone from NHL Central said that they remind them. He reminds them of a young Carey Price, which I think. I mean, if someone's saying that, he must be uh, something special. So uh, it's yeah, it's pretty much as good a compliment you can get as a goalie. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing really better than that nowadays. But I mean, the Florida Panthers, yeah, they do. Have, they do have an excellent goaltender for the next couple of years but uh yeah i mean maybe he can jump in as a backup in two three years down the road and then uh move in that star position once uh the poprowski's contract up uh moving on to the number 14 pick also from the united states developmental program is cam york who's a great skater with offensive potential i uh, had a great u18 worlds uh 
He uh, led all D with four goals and seven assists for 11 points in seven games. Um, he broke the record for most points for a D-man with 65 and 63 games for the U.S. program this season. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great player to go along with a great young decor in Philly. Ivan Provorov, Shane Gossespierre, and Travis Sanheim. It's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see the Philadelphia's decor two, two three years down the road. Yeah, I mean, it is Philadelphia. They might mess it up. Who knows? They always seem to mess something up with their their draft picks and their players. But yeah, um, he's an exciting player. Also, very offensive. Uh, he had 132 shots on net in 63 games so you know he loves to shoot the puck uh very well in the offensive zone uh definitely something he's going to work on is his d zone uh, i think playing at the university of michigan i believe uh, and uh but yeah hopefully uh philadelphia flyers they get in their star defenseman out of this and add it to their roster yeah, as far as Philadelphia messing up uh, in the past, I completely agree with. But I can I can somewhat confidently say they finally found their goalie of the future. I guess anything can happen, but Carter Hart looks pretty much to be a number one NHL goalie at this point. Obviously, the career is young; you no idea what could happen. But uh, and that's been generally their their uh, their fault in the past, and now they've got a bunch of good young defensemen to go along with Carter Hart. I think I think a couple years down the road they'll be they'll finally be set. The Flyers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's off to a pretty hot start. Um, he is uh, he is that young stud that they've been looking for for a very long time. And Flyers fans, uh, they finally think they found their guy. So we'll see how it works out for him as well. Moving on to the number 15 pick, we're finally there. He was the seventh player from the United States Developmental Team Program to go in the top 15 of the draft. Almost half of the top 15 were from the USNTDP, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. The absolute steal of the draft, in my opinion. Nothing, obviously you can find, you know, later picks, the third through seventh round that become NHL good players or considered steals. But I I just don't think anyone will be looked back on it as bigger steal in this draft as Cole Caulfield. The kid is unbelievable. I know the size is definitely not helping him at 5'7", 162, but there are just certain players, and we can see it even at a young age, that they just know how to score, and he's just one of those guys. He's just going to score and score and score and score. He had 70 go- 72 goals and 28 assists for 100 points in 64 games for the U.S. and TDP this season. He broke Phil Kessel's record for goal scoring there. Uh, he's off to a great start in his career at Wisconsin. He's the first Wisconsin Badger with multiple goals in his first two games in the modern era, which is since 1963. He's my early favorite for the Hobie Baker, and I don't think it's going to be long before you see this kid lighting up the NHL. Yeah, when I saw this guy falling, uh, my heart was just dropping. Uh, being a Boston Bruins fan, seeing him go to Montreal, I just feel for the kid. Uh, don't like to see him playing in Montreal. Hate going to. I hate uh, going to have to watch him play against the Bruins for the, uh, a lot of years to come. But yeah, I mean, this guy had 126 career goals at the USA uh, National Development Team. That's absurd. I only think I scored 126 goals in my life. Um, but yeah, another another stud off this team, one of many. Um, he is very short, but the NHL is uh, getting shorter. It's getting faster. Uh, guys like this can play. I mean, you've seen short short guys do it. You've seen him doing it now. Um, 
Montreal should be very ecstatic about this. Uh, I am not, but Montreal fans should be very happy. I know what you mean, watching him fall in the draft. I remember watching the draft, and I'd hear Anaheim Ducks select from US NTDP. It's like, oh, here it comes, and they say Zegris. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like He's going to fall next time. Matthew Boldy, NTDP. It's like Spencer Knight and all these guys. You just keep hearing his name. Cam York, you're like, when is he going to finally go? And Montreal was the team that finally snagged him. Uh, really not much else can be said about it. I think the kid's unbelievable talent, and I really, really – I hope the best for him. I hope he proves all the haters wrong. I'd love to see him go lay up the NHL and just kind of say pretty much like, yeah, you shouldn't have passed on me, one of those type of things. Um, great pick, great kid, too. Uh, I've seen a bunch of off-ice, behind-the-scenes videos and stuff about him. He just seems like a solid-earth person. So really someone that's it's impossible not to root for him, really. Yeah, um, yeah. this kid can score from anywhere. Uh, it's unbelievable to watch him during all this uh, at the USHL and in the, in the World World Junior Tournaments. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, probably see him in the next two seasons, I'm guessing, for uh, Montreal. All right. That concludes our first ever episode of Prospect Bar. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, definitely had a fun time going over the NHL prospects with you. Um, we'll, be coming out, we'll be coming out with new episodes every other week. Uh, definitely uh, check us out. Yeah, episode two will be going over the rest of the first round as well as touches some other prospect news. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We're going to be on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever else you get your shows. Thanks, guys.